Hey brokers, it's Mark Summers, president of AIM. I'm excited to announce that I will be the new host of AIM's podcast, Broker to Broker. If you haven't listened yet, Broker to Broker dives into the nitty gritty of the mortgage business by interviewing independent brokers and loan originators, just like me. Download today, available on Spotify, Apple Music, and anywhere else you listen to podcasts. Welcome everyone back to another edition of the Broker to Broker podcast. My name is Mark Summers. I'm the president of AIM. Uh, as I always say, I'm extremely excited about this one. This individual, uh, he's, uh, he's got an interesting perspective on the mortgage world, but I, lo- I, love, I love just his attitude about everything. So today we're going to be interviewing the production team leader at Madison Mortgage, Sean Caulfield. How you doing, buddy? Hey, I'm doing great, Mark. Thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. No, I, I appreciate you being here. I mean, with this industry right now, the way it's going, I know rates are ticking up, but then they tick back down. Uh, you know, just for you to give up, you know, 45 minutes an hour of your time, I, I can't tell you how much uh, how much uh, I appreciate it, how much AIM appreciates it, and how much our, our fellow members appreciate it. So thank you. Absolutely, Mark. Anything I could do to help the broker world, you know, um, the broker world has changed my life for the last two years. So the, this is the least I could do. Perfect, perfect. Well, let's hop right into it. I always love this question. How in the heck did you get into the mortgage industry? Okay, so uh, I was playing, uh, you know, I play, uh, I've always been an athlete. Um, I was playing uh, Sunday football with one of my friends, uh, with a couple of my friends that own their own mortgage branches. Um, and it was like 2011, 2012. And, uh, you know, I was just, we were sitting on the sidelines after the game and, um, you know, uh, one of my buddies that you know, does mortgages, he, he comes up to me, he's like, Sean, you're really good with people. I think you would excel in the mortgage business, you know? And I say, yeah, really? You think so? Like, what does that entail? I, I never knew, <laughs> I, I never knew anything about a mortgage. You know, my, my parents had a mortgage that I knew that they, you know, they couldn't pay. Right. So the house went into a short sale. Um, you know, so the only thing I knew of mortgages was bad. Right. My grandma took out a reverse mortgage. She didn't tell anybody. And they, the, the loan officer who gave her that mortgage didn't tell her that there was a balloon payment. So she ended up losing her house. So the only thing I knew about mortgages was this, this field, it must be bad. Right. So, but then I had my two friends telling me that it's great. You can make great money, Sean, you can make a million dollars in a year with your personality, you know, uh, all the things that people tell you to get you in the business. Right. So that's how I got in. And I ended up getting in as, uh, you know, a telemarketer. I telemarketed for eight months for my friend and I did not close one deal. Didn't close one deal because nobody taught me Nobody taught me the process. Nobody taught me what to say on the phones. They just threw a book of leads at me, old leads, and said, call. And I didn't know, you know, anything about mortgages. So I was just talking to these people and I was absolutely, I'm not one to be scared on the phone or in person, but I was absolutely terrified because I didn't have any knowledge, you know, of what to say, of what to rebuttal. When, you know, a buyer, you know, they would ask me how much of my closing costs, what's my rate. And I had no idea what these things even were, you know, for eight months. So that's how I got into it. You know, it's a great way to learn. I mean, mean, it's it's a bad way to learn, but it's also it's a lot of experience. Right. Just just picking up that phone. It, it, It really taught me how to be like, you know, how to how to be persistent and to not take no for an answer. 
you know, even though I didn't close a loan during those months, it really gave me a thick skin, you know? Um, and, and I feel like that I wouldn't, I wouldn't change those eight months for anything, you know, cause it really, it really taught me, even though it didn't teach me a lot, it, it, it molded me to be a better sales, you know, sales person, you know? Yeah. So, okay. So you, you cold call for eight months and then what? Then I actually got out of the business because I was like, I, nobody's teaching me. Um, before I did mortgages, I, I worked in a group home for uh, older um, Down syndrome adults that, you know, I took care of them, you know, uh, live with them basically like a living, you know, aid. Um, and then after I got out of, of the eight months, I went to a public school in New York City as a mentor to, to kids that are having trouble, you know. So I did that. I got out of the business for like a year and a half. And then my wife, um, Nicole, she's she's actually the operations manager at Madison. Um, and she she's a kick ass processor. She's amazing. And uh, she's like, Sean, I know that you got out of the business, but I promise you, I'm working for a great loan officer now. I'm his processor. I'll train you myself to be an LOA. So I said, are you sure, Nicole? You know, I trust you, you know, and she's like, yes, I promise. So she brought me in. I, I got the job. Um, you know, it was me and her on his team. Um, this guy, Jason Rappaport, who's a retail banker. Uh, he works with like NYPD uh, teachers, you know, in the New York City. A lot of unions, they call it affinity lending, you know. Yep. Um, and my dad was a retired cop. So it was perfect for me because I was talking to cops and teachers. And um, and my wife taught me everything, how to calculate income, guidelines, all that stuff. And then I became a beast because nobody could stop me, you know. Your mindset. And I think I stayed in LOA for, you know, almost, you know, five, five years, five, five and a half years. Now, you are, you still, are you still in LOA or? No, no. Uh, now I, I, I basically, I'm on my own team now. Uh, recently I, I, I said, you know, I'm going on my own, you know, um, I love helping people, you know, get, you know, double their business. Um, but, you know, it's time for me to shine, you know? Good, good for you. So, so when it comes down to the LOA stuff, you're you're uh, you're you're pretty much an expert in that, aren't you? A thousand percent. Yeah. I, you know, I would go up against any LOA in the country, you know, uh, you know, just everything with it when it comes from talking to the borrowers, keeping realtor relationships, you know, uh, I believe everything is the relationship, you know, that's the, that's, you know, the knowledge and stuff comes secondhand, you know, but when you can, when you can make people happy and, and take away their worry, um, nobody can stop you, you know, they're, they're going to love you forever and they're going to send you referrals forever, you know? Yeah, absolutely. So let's go down this LOA road, if you don't mind. I mean, I know, I know you're, yeah. you're out of that role, but you know, a big buzz, you know, even, even with rates kind of going up a little bit, you know, we're still, a lot of these brokers across the nation are still just pumping out so many loans and, you know, they want to know what makes a good LOA. What's the checklist. So in your definition here, and now once again, this is yours, what is the definition of an LOA and their responsibilities? Let's start there. So I, I look at an LOA as somebody who gives the LO, uh, you know, takes all that little stuff off the LO's desk so that they can go and sell, 
right? That's, you know, my job as an LOA is to alleviate problems from my loan officer so they can have more time to go and sell, right? Because that's what it comes down to is giving, you know, if the LO has more time to sell, we can double business, you know? If I can handle my job and take applications and keep everything organized, I can double somebody's business easily, you know? Um, so, you know, from taking an application to, you know, running the credit, you know, the only things that really that that an LOA shouldn't do is, you know, give the client a rate, right? You know, keep that to the loan officer and closing costs, you know, let the let the LO deal with that as well. You know, if you want to give them a roundabout of the closing costs, that's fine. But don't give a, you know, a certain number, let the LOA deal with that, you know. Um, but besides for that, I, you know, I handled everything, you know, as an LOA. You know, I could take a file from start to finish with my eyes closed. And so, that, that's what I believe an LOA should do. Yeah. I mean, and, and, and now that you have your own team, that's just going to make you better. I mean, that's just going to make you 10 times better because you're going to know how to uh, alleviate some pressure in certain areas and other areas you're going to know how to, you know, delegate to. So, no, I mean, you're 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 you set yourself up to be, be extremely successful. Yeah. That's exactly right, Mark. And, you know, it's, you know, I didn't do it, you know, it's funny to say, but I didn't do it for me. Like, I love helping people. So I felt like the better I got at my job, the more I was helping my LO grow, you know, and when you see somebody work so hard, all you want to do is help them. You know, I took my LO's business on as my business, like this is my business. And when you when when you have an LOA that treats your business as their own, you know, you can't be stopped, you know. Yeah, absolutely. So, all right, what's your, so in regards to an LOA, in, in your eyes, what makes a good LOA? What what separates them? I mean, because I'm not saying anyone can do that job because trust me, it's hard as can be, but you know, you can, you can train someone, but really what makes a good LOA that stands out from the crowd? That's a great question. Um, so in my opinion, uh, I think that uh, what makes a good LOA is somebody who can communicate somebody that can um, give proper expectations and be confident about those expectations and, uh, you know, don't overpromise a million things. And, you know, uh, you have to be not like peppy, but you have to be confident when you talk to the borrower, because if you don't, they feel that energy, you know, immediately. Um, you have to be organized. Um, because you're dealing with a million things at once. Um, it's, it's similar to like a process, a loan processor. I would feel, you know, it, it's like, it's like an, you know, an LOA is like a loan processor and an LOA all in one, you know, an LO all in one, you know? Right. Um, so you have to be organized. You have to be able to talk to the clients and like Todd Bitter says, pick up your damn phone. You know, um, you got to pick up your phone. And I have a rule that, I, you know, even before Todd was saying this, I always did this was always pick up the phone. If somebody called you, you're on the other line, let them know that you're going to call them back, you know, um, because once you stop answering, your LO is going to lose that deal. Yeah. You know, and, and some people, and I, I kind of see both sides of it, but some people say, don't always be available. But part of me goes, man, if, if I'm creating relationships here, I always want to be available. 
Absolutely. Yeah. Like what, if you're not like on the weekends, right? Like I just got a deal in from one of my newer realtors that I started a relationship with. And she said that, uh, she gave me the perfect borrower, 800 credit score, salary worker. Um, and she said that the LO that she normally works with declined to speak to somebody, this borrower on a, a Sunday, on a Sunday night. And I called him right away and I got the deal, you know? Yep. So it's a difference of a deal or not. Like, you know, to me, a five second phone, a five minute phone call, you know, and then putting the guy in Flowify, you know, that's five minutes out of my day. But that meant everything to that realtor, you know, so it just yeah, depends I mean, and, on how your process is, you know. Yeah. And then what what referrals are you going to get after that? You know what I mean? So, yeah, yeah. I mean, you got to you got to strike when the iron's hot is the way I always like to say. So I always, always try to answer my phone unless I'm doing a podcast. But, uh, <laughs> but at, the same, at the same time, no, I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm in agreement with you. I mean, we you know, there's going to be times where it's slow. And that's going to separate you. You know what I mean? There's going to be a time when, it, I mean, it's fast right now. I mean, things are going at a rapid pace, but so that, that might separate you later on down the road. So I love what you say about that. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, realtors, a lot of people during this refi boom, a lot of people forgot about their realtor partners, you know, let's be honest, you know, and I never forgot about it. So, you know, I was slipping in their DMs when everybody was doing refis, <laughs> you know, <laughs> well, yeah, like, I mean, hey, let's and thanks to UWM, the best partner in the world, right? You know, we're closing loans in 15, 16 days. So, you know, it's like, you know, we're so lucky and blessed, you know? Yeah, you know, and, and I say that too. Like we, the, the the game has been changed so much because back when I started in like 2001-ish, I mean, it was just weird to have these AE stop in and say, give me loans. Uh, here's my rate sheet, you know, talk to you later. You know, here's my submission checklist. And, and now it's like, man, who's... Who's my true partner, you know, and, and, and AIM does have some great partners, but you always got to look and go, who's my partner? Who's going to help me grow? And, uh, you know, that's the big difference, I think, with brokers. And I always say, who has it better than us right now? I mean, seriously. Yep. Yep. It's so true. And in New York, it's hard. Like, you know, it, we don't have as many options as people do on the West Coast or the Midwest. Right. You know, because New York, uh, you know, their regulations are very hard, like to become a lender here. So we don't have as many options as other people do. You know, um, like I see all these other lenders that, you you know, people are using on the West Coast and in Arizona. And I'm like, wow, I wish I was able to use these lenders. You know, like I see like Angel Oak and things like that for non-QM. And, you know, we don't have any of those options you know so you know you know thank god we have uwm you know i thank god every day for matt Ishbia <laughs> and you know and uh also shah tarani who's the the president and ceo you know without their you know leadership you know we would be nothing you know yeah yeah well let, let's go back to the loa here real quick it's easy to, it's yeah. easy to go tangent on this stuff because it's the business it's what we're passionate about but uh Okay, so let's just say you got someone who's a, who's a we like to call it a green LOA. What what advice do you give them? How do you train them? What's the best piece of advice? I mean, I know you say communication, but there's more to it than that. Of course, yeah, absolutely. So you know, I I would have um, if you don't have obviously an LOA already, right? That can help train, right? Because what people would do is they would bring you know, say if I'm on a team, right, I'm the head LO, right, they would bring another LOA in and I would train that LOA, right? So if you have a setup like that, where you already have a good LOA, have that LOA train that uh, the, the green LOA, right? You know, and 
um, I've trained many of people, you know, um, and if you don't have that, I would tell you as an LO to really, you know, give your time, you know, if you have to stay late or come early, like, you know, train that LOA to be, uh, you know, because everybody works different, right? We all have a different style. We all have, you know, a lot of LOs have egos, right? And we have, you know, we're very, we're very, you know, a lot of LOs are, you know, OCD to a point, like, you know, so, so you have to work with your LOA if they're green, right? You have to work with them to a point where you're teaching them how to work with you and, you know, uh, and, and for you, right. And you're teaching them the way that you'd see things and you do things. Um, and nobody's perfect, but you know, the way I learned, honestly, like, like I was great, but then I got even better during COVID because my LO uh, that I was working for at the time, John Ramirez, we were using TeamViewer. You know, you know what TeamViewer is, right, Mark? Oh yeah. When you can take control of the other computer, so he was looking at my applications that I was putting together, and he, we would go line through line, and he was making me correct it as we would go through it. So he would, you know, and I was learning, like, you know, even at this point, I consider myself a, a really great LOA, but it made me that much better because I, it was like paying attention, the devil's in the details, right? That's, you know, that's a big line that we use, you know? And uh, if, you know, you're feeding that information into the system and that system's feeding it to DU and LP. So if you put anything wrong there, it's your fault that you're not getting them to prove eligible, you know? So I would just say really invest time. Like if you feel like that person can be the person that you're, you know, that's going to be your ride or die, invest your time into that person, you know? Yeah. Especially if they're going to help your business grow. I mean, that's, uh, you know, I always tell, tell my guys in my office and, and girls that, you know, you guys are my number one investment, you know, I mean, yeah. the people, people, people are what makes a business its value. You know what I mean? I know a yeah. lot of people agree with that. So no, I agree with that. You got to put in the time with them. And, and and this business is not just a training manual. It's situations, it's experience, and it's time. Yep, so true. And like I, you know, like I said, for a long time, you know, in this business, I didn't know what was going on. And, and that's a scary feeling. So when you don't train your LOA properly, you're you're leaving them out there. You know, you're leaving them out there to feel that way, to feel like exposed and not, you know, eh, and feel like they're not like good enough, you know, but when you teach them and train them the right way, they have that confidence that, that nobody can beat them, you know? And, um, you know, luckily I've always had confidence, even when I was bad, <laughs> you know, I had like that, I had that false confidence, like, you know, I'm going to be the best, you know, um, whatever I have to do, I'm going to be the best at it, you know? And, um, and that's it. You know, I just, I feel like, for the longest time, the LOA position has been underlooked and undervalued. And uh, I always, you know, I was pr I, like, I'm proud to say I was in LOA for five years, six years, you know, uh, you know, because I earned my stripes, <laughs> you know, I earned my stripes, you know. Um, some people are like, oh, I'm an, I'm an assistant, like never think of it like that, you know, because, you know, without that assistant, that that LO can't handle that much business. So you're, you're so valuable. You're more valuable than you'll ever know, you know? Absolutely. I mean, yeah, I mean, it. it people who do this by themselves absolutely amaze me. But, you know, to but you need a team. 
I mean, at the end of the day, if you were, you know, for the most part, you need you need a team, whether it's a small team or big yeah. team. So, well, speaking of teams, speaking of teams, I heard that you're big into sports, big sports teams guy, right? So let's talk yeah. about team building here, because I, you know, I I played sports all through high school. I even played college sports a little bit. I coach still to this day. Um, and you know, so I'm a big team guy. I'm all about team. And, you know, if, if I know someone who was on a team or big into that team aspect, I always gravitate a little bit more towards them. So let's talk about team building here. What in your eyes makes a good production team? So again, with the organization, I guess that's going to be something that always comes around, right? Cause organization is like the, the key to success. You know, if you have, you know, it's it's a time saver, right? Like time management, organization, that all falls into like one umbrella for me, you know? Um, because if you can handle, for you to handle a pipeline of so many loans, right? And to meet your goal, you have to be able to manage your time. So, you know, that's a huge thing. Organization's a huge thing. And just knowing your role and accepting your role, you know? Like if, you know, like, you know, for example, right, like um, Dennis Rodman would come off the bench, right, you know, and, and, and he knew his role. He was a rebounder. He, he was an animal, you know, and when he was on the court, he would put his all into it, you know. Um, just know what you're, you know, when you're a team, everybody on the team has, they have, you know, their strengths and they have their weaknesses. And you have to know what your weaknesses are in order to be great. Right. Because then somebody can pick up where your weakness is left off, you know, so just knowing each other, bonding, going out, you know, shot takes us out before COVID. We would go out once a month as a team, you know, and we would bond because it made us way stronger as a team, you know, and it's a beautiful thing when when that team connects and you all get along and you're, you know, you're super, you know, uh, cohesive, you know, you, you're, you're super cohesive and the process becomes so smooth because of that relationship, you know, and, um, you know, you know how athletes are, Mark, you know, you don't stop until you get it, you know, like, yep. you know, it, it's, it's like a competition thing. Like, you know, like I, you know, in a friendly way, like I'm going to be the best, you know, I'm going to be the best and I'm going to work my ass off until, you know, I, I get to, to, to where I want to be, you know? Absolutely. You brought up Dennis Rodman. Just a fun little fact here. I was the Detroit Pistons ball boy for eight years. So, and Dennis Rodman was <laughs> Dennis Rodman was there when I was there for a little, little bit. What? That's yep. a, how'd you get that job, Mark? Yeah, it's, that's a longer, different story, but eight years. Yeah. So pretty, that's, pretty, pretty that's crazy. Uh, Grand Hill was there when I, for, for most of my time, Grand, I'm not going to go on a sports podcast here, but yeah, Grand Hill yeah. was so influential that I named my first son after Grand Hill. Wow, I'm a big yeah. Duke fan, so Grand Hill is huge for me, you know. <laughs> All right. All right. That, that's a different podcast, right there. But, yeah, uh, yeah. no, but I always go back to the sports thing as well. You know, one, know your role, and you know, everyone, everyone can't be the same person. If you are, you're not going anywhere. And the other great thing about having that team atmosphere and having that team building block is that if someone is down that day, your teammates can pick you up. Yep. Absolutely. Like to shuffle, like, if, Hey, like, you know, my, my team member calls out sick. Don't worry. I got you. I, uh, g- give me a list of files. I'll work on it. No problem. You know? And then yeah. you don't have to worry, you know? 
there's a sign like sometimes I think in this business we feel guilty for being sick and or even like taking time for ourselves right we feel guilty sometimes you know at least I do you know and uh, when you have a teammate that can pick you up it stops that guilt you know because then they can just pick up from where you left off you know no absolutely no and I love I love the comparison that you use for for being successful with the sports teams I mean it's it's the most competitive thing out there and you know, if you can if you can emulate a, a sports team, a good one at least. Right now, Detroit yeah. sports aren't that great, but uh, if you can emulate a good one, I mean, yeah, I mean, you're setting yourself up for success not just now, but in the future. Yeah, yeah. Like I, I was uh, I, on my podcast yesterday. You know, I mentioned like the miracle hockey team of the 1980s uh, when the USA beat Russia. You know, the, the coach actually looked at videotape of each and every individual player like a year before he knew what players he wanted and they weren't the best players in the country but he knew with all their different talents that they could go far you know and that's that's how they won because he knew that their personalities their skill sets everything would go along together you know by by doing research on them a year beforehand you know and i found that so interesting to me you know, that they were able to work together, not being the best of talent, right? And and they beat the best country who had won 20 years in a row prior to that, you know? So it just shows you how much chemistry can get you, you know? Yeah, no, that's, that's great. I, I love that. I love that. Yeah, you don't always have to have the best person. Sometimes the best person is not the best fit. Exactly. So, yeah. But, so uh, all right. Well, let, let's do this here. A couple, couple things we want to go over. Number one is one of the things that we do is, and I know you did this for us, Sean, is you put out on Facebook, basically, if anyone has any questions and whatnot, and we have one of our members, Mitch, who uh, put a Facebook question out there. Um, and he asks, what are you guys doing that gets a client from app to closing as efficiently and painlessly as possible? So thanks to Shaw, we have a really, really great uh you know process at madison mortgage you know so we we go from as a lo we send it for disclosure we have a disclosure desk right so the disclosure desk will lord it uh you know board it to uwm send the disclosures out once the client e-signs then the we have a submission desk right so the submission desk will now take it submit the loan once the loan is approved then the processing team will take it over and the processors have a team of their own. So, you know, Shah has put this in, in a system in place that is amazing. You know, that it, it's it's just, you know, it, it just goes so smoothly. And with the speed of our partner UWM, you know, and the speed of our awesome team here, you know, it, it just goes so smoothly so that we can close and, and you know, this also starts, let me mention this, this also starts with accountability on the LOs to make sure you put in a full file from the beginning. Because if you don't put in a full file from the beginning and your, your file's sloppy, then don't expect it to close, you know, on time, you know? And Shah holds us all accountable for that, you know? And I would say, you know, we're not a big group, but we all do a lot of volume here. Um, and, uh, you know, we have, I would say the best process for, you know, anywhere I've ever been by far, you know, 
No, Shaw's great. I know Shaw. I, everything you're saying is pretty much his personality, and you know, and it's yeah. great. Yeah, he's got a machine going over there. So that's awesome. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I've always been a big process guy. You got to have a process. It just can't be this file this way one day, this file this way the next day. It's got to be a process. A hundred percent agree. Hundred percent. Yep, and then put in your own personality in it, and then everything's good. All right. So thanks yeah. for answering that uh, question for Mitch. Yeah. So to, to, to kind of finalize here, just, just a little bit, and we'll, we'll dive into this, is I always like asking, you know, all right, you've been around the block now with this. You've had different roles. We have new people coming in this industry. We have veterans that are looking to get better. What's one piece of advice that you would give to someone, whether they're veterans, up-and-coming mortgage brokers, what bit of advice would you give to them to make them more successful? I would tell them to... You know, like I said, pick up your phone. It's a really important thing, guys. You know, um, even if you're with your family, you know, you could always pick up and be like, hey, you know, you mind if I call you back, set an, an appointment time and always keep those times, you know, um, not only that, but don't be afraid to be yourself. Right. You know, I'm if you go on my Facebook and you go on my Instagram, like, you know, I'm a fun person. And, I, and, and you know, sometimes I get in trouble for it, but it's OK. <laughs> They know, you know, you know, they accept me for who I am because I love I love to have fun, you know, and when people see the realness in you and they see that you're doing it for the right reasons, it all will come together. You know, I don't do this for money. You know, people laugh at me when I say that, but I don't do it for money. You know, obviously I want to make money, but when you do it for the right reasons, the money just comes, you know, and, uh, you know, that would be my best advice to someone is to be who you really are. Don't fake, don't fake this personality because people will see that, you know, people see right through all that stuff, you know, and uh, it, you're just doing yourself a disservice, you know, by doing that. So just be real, be who you are and be honest, be honest to the clients. Don't lie to the clients, you know, um, set expectations and set them properly. You know, uh, you know, that's an underrated thing in our, you know, in our profession, Mark, is people don't set expectations correctly. And then they complain when the realtor and the borrowers are complaining, you know, but it's like if you would have set the expectation up front, they would not be complaining. You know, I, I have very few problems with my borrowers because I tell them the whole process and they understand it, you know, and I give them, a, you know, a proper expectation up front. You know, and everybody thanks me for it. My processors that work on my files, you know, the submission team, everybody, you know, um, because they, then they don't have to hear, you know, barking from the borrower, you know, right. The realtor, you know. Yep. So, yeah, no, I, I'm, I'm a big one of the things that uh, I actually have a sign in my office that says, you know, may, you know, don't under promise. I'm, I'm sorry, under promise and over deliver at, at yes. all times. So we, you know, I'll. I'll have realtors call me and say, well, how fast are you closing loans? And I know I can close them in 14, 15 days all day long. I know, right? Uh, you know, we're around 21, 24 days. And then when you do it in 15, sorry. I mean, I'll, I'll never tell you my best numbers. Because yep. you're the hero, Mark, right? Once you call them with that clear to close on the 14th day, you got them for life. You know what I mean? You got them for life, you know? Yeah. Yep. Like, wow, this guy, Mark, is amazing. He closed my loan six days before he even said that he would, you know? Yep. And now you got the realtor and the customer giving you referrals, right? 
I always love doing that too because it puts a little pressure on the realtors because I'm like, hey, we can close early. My borrower wants to close. Now they're now they're jumping through hoops. So I, I love doing that. That's always fun. Yeah, me, so. yeah. I always tell them. Uh, so when you know uh, with the listing agent, right? Because what I do something as well, which is good for LOs to do, is I call the listing agent on every deal and introduce myself. And I I call them before they call me when my buyer makes an offer. You know, and I feel like that's super important for your buyers to win, especially in this market. You know, and and uh, they all ask me, how fast can you close? How fast can you close? And I do the same thing as you, right? And um, I actually call them when we get the clear to close. And they're, you know, usually they're like, no way. <laughs> they're like, no way. You're not clear to close already, you know? And I'm like, yeah, we are, you know? <laughs> and, uh, and you end up getting a new referral partner, honestly, Mark, you know? Yeah. Whenever, whenever I get, uh, you know, like realtors or whatever, listing, selling agent, you want know, to buy an agent, however you want to you know, put a terminology and I get the title company, I always do an introductory in there and talk about basically how we're all in this together. You know what I mean? And, and, the, and yeah. the more we can work together, which goes back to your team, which now means I'm going to change some of the verbiage that I've been using with our conversation right here. Uh, but, you know, it's, it's I'm going to use start using that more team aspect of it and how we're all in this together. And, you know, at the end of the day, to go back what you said, what you talked about with the question of the week, which is, you know, be real with your people. And I always say, put the borrower first. If you can always put the client and the or borrower, consumer, whatever you want to say first and put their best interest in mind first at all times, everything else falls into place. 99% yep. of the time. So true. So true, Mark. Yep. I agree a hundred percent. All right. So any, any final words you got? No, man, I just appreciate you having me on. And, you know, I'm happy that, you know, even though I'm not an LOA anymore, um, I'm just happy that, you know, it's, you know, it's getting the, um, you know, the, I guess the light it deserves, you know, like, like, you know, treat your LOAs good guys, you know, make sure they're well paid and make sure, you know, you trust them. And, you know, if, if they warrant your trust, you know, um, if they're working overtime for you and they're not, you know, and they're, and they're doing everything they possibly can, just make sure you treat them right because they're, you know, they don't have to do those extra things for you, but they do it because they look, they love you as a person and they want you to succeed and, uh, just take care of them, you know, cause, uh, I know from being on the opposite side, you know, when you do those extra things for your LOA, you know, it, it can only be positive, you know, the outcome. So I appreciate you having me on, Mark. And, uh, you know, I'm so happy, you know, and thankful that AIM exists and that you take your time out and, you know, uh, help people realize that brokers are better, <laughs> you know, because we are, we are, we are definitely better. <laughs> I'm telling you, I, you know, like I, I'm wearing the brokers are better shirt right now. My kids ask me, me about too. it. I, I, I'm honest with Look at you. Look at you. I love it. I love it. You know, and I tell them, no, this is how I truly feel. I'm not just wearing this for a tagline or to, to, to do whatever, gain more business. I, I, I truly believe this. And that's the beautiful thing about it is that when we can truly believe in something, it's easy to talk about. And that's why you're here. Yep. Both of us, the passion just comes right through. I could tell, Mark. I can't wait to meet you. I could just tell you're a sports fan by the passion that you have. <laughs> <laughs> big, big sports fan. So hopefully, uh, hopefully you come out to Fuse, um, our national event. You know, at the end of September. Um, yeah, and I hope everyone comes out. And that's a little plug for that. I didn't even plan on that, but Fuse is coming up, and it's going to be right around the corner. I'm really, really excited about it. So, Sean, thanks for being here with us today. So, and uh, you know, thanks for sharing your insights with us. So appreciate it. I can't tell how appreciative I. Am. So 
Brokers, if you want to get caught up on all of our past podcast episodes, please head over to aimgroup.com backslash broker to broker. You can also listen to all of the broker to broker podcast episodes on iTunes, Spotify, and Google Podcasts. Do me a favor. Please get on there. Subscribe to it. Listen to them. Uh, please rate our podcast and please leave a review. It helps us get better. It also helps the podcast get the word out there that brokers are better. So once again, Sean, thanks for being with us today. Keep crushing it and hopefully we'll see you soon. Thank you, brother. Join our Brokers Are Better Facebook group. Be a part of the Brokers Are Better movement by joining the exclusive group for A members and independent mortgage brokers to share best practices, network, and help our community grow. Head over to Facebook and search for Brokers Are Better, select the group and click to join.